Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Rob Longo, Tom Fertile, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Oh, Good to be here together. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. But, Rob, before we break open the bread of life, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today? I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear God, you are awesome. You are so, so amazing, Lord. Uh, I just ask you right now, please, Lord, in, in the studio here and everywhere that anyone is listening, please send your Holy Spirit. Help us to have a wonder and an awe for you, for your word, for the gift of the Mass and the Eucharist. And as we break open the gospel that we will hear on Sunday, Lord, we just ask you, please send your Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and truth. Uh, help us to be docile, moldable, bendable, pliable. Uh, help us to be the husbands and fathers, the wives, mothers, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, friends that you're calling us to be. We ask you this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love this morning? A reading from the Gospel of John. John was standing with two of his disciples, As he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Talk about a loaded question. What are you looking for? (laughs) I really think each and every one of us today should take a moment in silence and allow Jesus to ask us that question. What are you looking for? What are you looking for in your relationship with God today? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What is the motive of your heart? When I ask myself that question, my honest answer is divine intimacy. I really, really, with all of my heart, want to go grow closer into my relationship with Jesus Christ, who then opens up that relationship with the Father, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit. So for me, what am I looking for? What's the motive of my heart? It's for divine intimacy, ever deepening, because you can never say, I've arrived, I've got it, because that means you're lost, because you cannot ever in all eternity 
explore the depths of God. So it's awesome. I'm all in. Here I am, Lord. Use me for your purpose. Amen. Amen. And then the prayer after we give that all in is Jesus help uh, help me and work through me, uh, enlighten me so that everything I say and do leads people to you. You know, because what's the response here? John says, behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said and they followed Jesus. It's just, it's awesome that, that God spoke through John and they heard God's voice through John and they followed Jesus. So David, you're all in has uh, been an inspiration to many and, uh, and, and for all of us here at the studio and, and anyone, anyone listening, anything that we do in the name of, of our Lord, uh, let's pray that what we do and say will lead people right to Jesus. You know, and I, and I think, you know, David, that, you know, what are you looking for when we hear the answer of divine intimacy? I think everybody listening goes, yep, absolutely, absolutely. But that's not what came to mind first. You know, I think about, I, I would I would do a, a talk to parents and I'd say, what do you want for your children? Just give me one thing, only one answer. What would it be? And of course, it comes back, I want them to be successful, I'm going to be happy, et cetera. What about heaven? Well, then people, well, yeah, well, of course, heaven. Mm-hmm. I said, but wait a minute. It's not, of course, heaven, or it's not, should, should that not be first? Now, it's not a condemnation. It's just a pointing out that, you know, we assume, well, of course, I want to be faithful. Of course, I want to go to heaven. But is that what is that what we put first? Because mm-hmm. if, if there are things that we then put ahead of that, I want them to get a scholarship for college. I want them to be a good athlete. Well, aren't we missing something? You know, our first obligation as parents. And so our first obligation as individuals is to seek ye first the kingdom of God, Bingo. right? That's and then it. all and else. Then, and all else, right. Yeah. So I think, it, it, though it seems simplistic, if, if, we, if we're honest with that, what are we looking for? What comes to mind? Because all the other things that we look for, health and happiness, et cetera, apart from that divine intimacy, it's empty. Right. And at the heart of it, we want love, we want acceptance, et cetera, only comes through that relationship. It's interesting, Tom. We, we did for, for a number of visits, you know, one of the things we do at Stewardship is we come alongside of schools to help take religion from a subject learned to a faith that's lived. It's the youth and school outreach, and, and we're blessed to uh, go consistently to, to nine schools where we're not just in and out, we're there, we're with them all year long. In some schools, we've been there nine years. One year... I think we did this with probably 2,000 kids at the beginning of the year in different schools, different ages. And the question was, off the top of your head, you know, get, a, get a piece of paper, off the top of your head right now, what are your three goals for this year? And then they, they did it right, you know, top of mind. And then we showed them an image of the dream that St. John Bosco had of the two pillars. And it's John Bosco's dream where there's this big boat and there's a, you know, a, a man in white, right? it's the Pope and the boats that are surrounding him in the water or surrounding this other ship are firing at this big boat. The big boat is then tethered to these two pillars. On the top of one is the Eucharist, on the top of another, it's Our Lady. So then in the storms of, of life, we need to stay tethered to our, our Lord and Our Lady. Then we would talk to the kids about their goals that they first said, and it was probably 95% non-faith at all, sports, state championships, straight A's, going to college, you know, graduating, whatever, all good stuff. But just like you're saying, Tom, you know, with the parents, but it wasn't first, you know, their first thought wasn't anything to do with their faith. And then we said, okay, now just picture like these two pillars, Jesus on your one side and Mary on your other side. And they're whispering in your ear, encouraging you and suggesting some goals that they might want you to strive for this year. Now, write those down. Beautiful. The difference. And it was only just a little 
like 10 minute paradigm shift, you know, a little 10 minute exercise. That was a total shift to take it from the, oh yeah, of course, heaven to, man, I need to be intentional about this. I need to set some goals. I need to, you know, really strive for a, a deepening relationship with God. Like I do for my academics and my athletics and, and my, my participation in the arts. So I think we need to be reminded constantly and challenged ourselves and, and, lovingly give that challenge to others that we have to take it from, oh yeah, sure. Like, of course I'll pray for you, but what else can I do type of thing? Like, like prayer, heaven, and this is it, right? So yeah. this needs to be top of mind and, and intentional in, in everything we do. And you were sharing that, Rob, I was thinking of these two pillars. You know, in a storm, you want to be tethered to two solid pillars so that you're able to withstand the storm, go up with the waves, come down with the waves, but you're anchored and tethered and tied on to the moored to these two pillars. One is Christ on the left, you know, on the right, and Mary on the left. And that's what's key in our lives. We need to be tethered, tied to them, linked with them, so we can go through any storms that come up with us in, in life. I mean, it's so important because they are the foundational tools which God used to bring salvation to the world in through and with Jesus Christ. And, you know, um, David, you, you talked about this question, what are you looking for? And, uh, you know, you referred to it as a loaded question, but I think the answers that come afterwards in the statements are also loaded, you know. Well, where are you staying? You know, where where are you? I want to find out where you are. I want to be with you. And then he says, come and you will see, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, you can read a lot into those. But, uh, but at the same time, I'm reflecting on um, the points that, you know, that you, Tom, and Rob made about, you know, seek first the kingdom of heaven. There really is a leap of faith you have to have there. And, for, and over the years, I've tried to, like when I sit down, sit down at the beginning of the year and come up with, you know, what I want to accomplish this year, what the goals are, I always try to remember to put my faith at the top. But then it requires some work because if we say, well, these are the religious goals that I have or these are the spiritual things that I want to accomplish in my life, then I have to figure out how all those other things that I want to do fit with it. And that's work. That's mm-hmm. That requires some thought Absolutely. and some reflection and, you know, and also some surrender. Like, Lord, what? What do you want me to do? I mean, yeah, state championship would be nice when you're when you're in high school, but is that your will? Is that what you know? Is that what I should be spending my energy for? Or if I do, how can I turn that to your benefit? How can I make that, you know, a witness to you by the exertion or the work or the training or the, you know the discipline that I put into that? How can I how can I make that be part of what you are? And that's that's work. I mean, that you know, I'm still working on that for 2018, and you know, and putting those pieces together because. Once that's laid out and you have that set in your mind, then I think it's much easier to say to hold yourself to that and hold yourself accountable. But you know what? What are you looking for? Is is really and you know the answer to that question is what we should be you know thinking about and reflecting about and praying about every day. You know what are you looking for? Well, you know, and what they point out here in Scripture takes us to the truth. Jesus is our teacher. Mm-hmm. We can learn knowledge in the world, but that's of no benefit. We get the wisdom from God, and from that wisdom from God, he teaches us that heavenly knowledge which we need. So for me, I want to learn from God, and in scriptures it tells us, how do we get this divine intimacy? How do we get this relationship? Jesus says, if you want to be my disciples, it takes three things. Number one is deny yourself. It's not about you. Don't live a self-centered life. So deny yourself. What's next? Pick up your cross. We all have them. And then what else? It says it right here in the scripture we just read, and it says it from Jesus. Follow me. 
And then there's another key word after that, daily. It's a daily journey. It's a daily journey in this divine intimacy relationship with Jesus Christ, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. Because through Jesus Christ, we have access to the Father, to the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. And then for me, you know, people say, well, how do I get divine intimacy? I say, well, the first most important thing is you need to get in right relationship with God. So that takes a balanced life. In, two, in four, 13 years ago, my balanced life was, unbalanced life, was self was number one, stuff was number two, business was number three, children was number four, my spouse was number five. God didn't even make my list. I was born and raised Catholic, but I didn't have a clue. When God got a hold of me, I hit the, hit the, the, the uh, proverbial brick wall and broke into a million pieces and he put me back together over this past 13 years, my life balance got reordered so that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is my number one priority every day. I need to make sure that I'm filled up first and foremost in my relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, when I can go to daily mass, I try to go every day to daily mass. When I get a chance, read the scriptures every day, fill up with that word, that life can word. And then, then the list continues because from that relationship, Everything else flows like you were saying, saying, Rob, is my spouse is number two. She's my number one vocation given to me by God. And then children, grandchildren, that's number three. Stop there. Nothing should come ahead of any of those three. And then number four is what I like to call mission opportunities, which is the church the workplace, and the community. And number five is self. i got to take care of myself physically. What am I putting in my eyes and ears? What am I going to put in my mouth? What am, I, what am I doing to keep my body physically strong so that I can do the work that God has prepared for me in advance to do? Those works of love. So for me, that's the balanced life. When you're in that balance, you will, through God's grace, grow in that divine intimacy, that relationship, which, thank you, Lord, lasts an eternity. And the the challenge for me I was just with my brother this past week and uh, and he was away from the family for five years you know five years he was completely disconnected and uh, you know it was it was a tough road back but he's back thank you Lord he's you know reconciled with his daughter now he's got a grandson so we were I was together with my brother his daughter and and her son so, so uh, it was it was beautiful uh, but he's he's not at all plugged in with our Lord. And when I hear this of Andrew, he first found his own brother, Simon, and told him. He didn't say, ah, you know, if it came up, if his brother asked, if, you know, if it was easy. No, he first, like he was so excited that they found the Messiah that he first found his own brother, Simon. And um, that's definitely an area that that's hard for me, you know, to to bring that up with my brother and, uh, and those that are closest to me. You know, it's sometimes it's easier to speak to a room full of, you know, hundreds of people that, you know, you'll probably never see again or have a, uh, you know, a, an ongoing relationship with, but to be so filled with love for Jesus that you want to share that with, uh, with those closest to you that have known you your whole life. That's, that's hard. For me, at least, I don't know. I don't know if anybody. Yeah, and I, I agree. With, I, I mean, I feel the same thing with my family members sometimes. But I think the thing that I challenge myself with <clears throat> is that, you know, I need to, I need to find Jesus more deeply, 
because I can share them with people, like you said, with people that I don't know that well or that, you know, I know from gospel reflection or, you know, something like that. But to share with people that you know may be struggling or may be opposed, but that you're close to, that's a difficult thing. But I think what facilitates that is because the first thing that Andrew did was he found Jesus hmm. and then he found Peter then he went looking for Peter but it, and if if I can't bring Jesus to my brother then I haven't really found him I don't really have the right Jesus because the right Jesus will will just come out of me he, he will be present in me you know and I don't have to talk about him I can be him yeah you know and it comes to your actions, Tom. Yeah. You show your brother love. Rob, show your brother unconditional love. You can pray for him. Do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And then you ask God to open up the door of opportunity, open up the window of opportunity, because we got to, God's timing's perfect. And too many times we're like, yeah. oh, you know, I, I got the answer. I got the answer. I got the answer. Let's break that door down. Let's break that window. And the Lord's like, oh, my goodness, will my son just wait? Wait, I'm preparing that window to be open. I'm preparing that door to be open, but I got the answer, Lord. Bash, we bust it down, and Lord's like, well, got to make a new door, got to make a new window. So for me, Rob, and it is difficult, but what is it teaching us? Patience. Mm -hmm. It's teaching us we're not God, and to wait on God's timing, and pray and ask God, God, open up that door of opportunity, but please always let me reflect you. In every meeting I have with my brother, every meeting I have. I'm reminded of something I heard you and Rob both say is sometimes when we try to close the sale, sometimes we close the door. And we close the deal. We try to close the deal. Close, we close the, the deal. door. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, when we when we share other things in our lives, you know, if I came in this, this you know, in the studio today and said, guys, I found this incredible restaurant. It has the most amazing buffet, and it's got the best foods, and it's five dollars a person, and it's all like I would share that, and I would expect, of course, you would all go, where is it? Where can we go? And I think, and we sometimes think sharing our face the same way because we're going, wait a minute much more than a buffet. I've got the heavenly buffet. But when it comes to faith, we've experienced rejection. We've experienced, we would not expect anyone to go, well, that buffet, I don't know about that. That sounds kind of, you know, we'd be like, where, where, but when it comes to our faith, because it's a personal thing and people, you know, have some barriers put up, you know, and so if we come at it and just try to barrel through and, you know, if you said no to the buffet, I'd say, well, you're crazy. Why should you, of course, go to the buffet. We can't respond that way with our faith. Mm. Well, of course you should believe or you're an idiot. Well, then, we, we've done the damage. And so I think that those words, David, of, of you, know, you know, God help me with this. What is the avenue? What is the way for me to evangelize that loved one? What is the way to act? How do you want me to approach this? Because I, all I know is my, you know, barrel through way. I need yeah. your way. And, and I think what you're saying goes back to what David said about prayer. And then it's in here. Then he brought him to Jesus. So are we in all humility willing to intentionally dedicate time in front of our Lord to bring our brother to Jesus, right? So we have Jesus with us in the Eucharist at adoration chapels and churches all over the world. How much do I love my brother? Like, am I willing to dedicate time to bring my brother to Jesus? You know, so Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, Jesus there 2000 years ago. If I bring my brother in prayer to Jesus intentionally, yes, Right, that's bringing Absolutely. him to Jesus, it and then is. and then trust that God may use someone else. Correct. Yeah, but right. don't, but don't forget, before he said anything to Peter, they went and saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. Mm-hmm. 
So they, first he got to know who this guy was before he went and wit- witnessed to him. Yeah. And I think back again to that statement about close the deal versus, you know, and close the door is when we try to close the deal, we're thinking about it as a transaction. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to sell you something, I'm trying to convince you of something. And I'm, I'm listening to an audio book um, by George Weigel, who was the biographer of Pope John Paul. He got to know him really well. And he said, the thing that was most pronounced in John Paul's spirituality, he said, was he just had this profound belief that God was relationship and communion. He said, that's all that God is. God is relationship and communion. But a transaction is not about the relationship. It's about closing the deal. You know, it's about getting the deal done. It's about, Mm -hmm. you know, you take this and I'll take that. You know, I got my satisfaction because I sold you the Lord, Mm -hmm. as opposed to it does take time. You know, it should be a relationship. It should be a dialogue. It should be communion because that's what we're called to be because that's what our Father is. That's what our Father in heaven is. So go and spend time with Jesus. Stay with him for the day. And then you'll have that excitement of the buffet to go go out and share with people. And then it'll be genuine. It won't be a transaction. It'll be sharing your joy, you know, which is what, what we're called to do. That's what you guys are all saying. It's what yeah. we're called to do. And we watch our teachers example in sacred scripture. You know, Jesus looked down in Jerusalem, his people, and he wept. He didn't yeah. run down to Jerusalem and run down to every person yeah. and say, who, do you know who I am? Do you know what you should do right now? You should go to Mass. You should this. No, he wept. Well, those tears were a cry from the heart. They were a prayer to the Father for every person in Jerusalem. That's what they were. His heart was pierced. So for me, is my heart pierced when I see people that are away from the Lord, or do I judge them? Do I, do I talk about them? Do I you know, make fun of them? What do I do? Or I do like the Lord. His heart was pierced, and he wept and cried out to the Father. That's it. And, and, and is the intention of our heart um, for us? You know, like, if 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 my brother does come to God, is it for me? Like then I, I feel good about myself because right. he did it. Or is my heart breaking? Like you're saying, Dave, is my heart breaking? Yes. For for the Father, because one of his sons. Isn't in communion with him, like so. I need to really just keep praying for purity of intention, uh, to pray first, to spend time, like you're saying, Tom, uh, spend time with our Lord, and then just trust, trust that God loves my brother more than I love my brother, and that in His perfect timing, it could be on His deathbed that if I loved my brother with such unconditional love, and then Jesus gives him that moment of truth, do you choose me now? That all that love, without even mentioning mentioning Jesus's name could have been the process mm-hmm. yeah. for him to f- say and, yes. And here's yeah. also what's key. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, Jesus promises us in his word, where two or more are gathered, I am there. So don't be hesitant. Whenever you're with your brother, whenever you're in a business meeting, whenever you're in whatever meeting, invite the Lord in. Invite the Lord in. And so if you're sitting down for a family meal and you're with your brother and his family, ask permission. Do you mind if I if I... If I open with a prayer, if he says yes, he's actually given you permission to pray, yes, but also he's opened his heart. And then you ask the Holy Spirit to pray through you and let it flow. You'd be amazed at how God hears that prayer and what can happen. So for me, I don't want to ever discount this. Where two or more are gathered, God is there with us. 
So I want to make it, you know, and I want to ask permission, but I want to make it verbal. When I go into every meeting, when I go to every opportunity, I'm going to go speak with Rob. You're going to go along with me to a group of senior citizens. I want to invite the Holy Spirit in because who knows what they're going to hear today. I don't know. But if I surrender that talk to the Holy Spirit, he may give a message to this one or to that one. And I look at Jesus as an example. He didn't go out there and save the crowds. He looked for the open doors, the open windows, the Zacchaeus in a tree. So for me, that's what I want to do because it's, it's, it's that one soul. It's that don't look for the numbers. Be open for that one soul to make that intimate connection with by name. Yeah, I'm thinking about earlier in the week at a gospel reflection on this gospel. Um, to your point, David, one of the guys um, brought up about the fact that he's how distressed he is that his son is an avowed atheist. He's in his 30s, married, has a couple kids, and he said, uh, but a close friend of his passed away. Now, he's raised Catholic. He's brought up in Catholic schools, and you know his dad's very devout, goes to Mass every day. He's a guy that I know from the parish, and he said, but a, friend, a close friend of his died. So he calls his dad and says, "Dad, can you get me a mass card?" So you never, you never know. And he said, he said, I got him the card, and I didn't say anything to about to him about, you know, why do you want a mass card when you don't believe in God? He said, I just wanted, I just wanted to give him what he wanted and let the Lord work on it. You know, let the Spirit work on. So something's in there, you know, and and maybe it is with your brother, you know. And that's the beauty of our faith with our traditions and our customs is they're seeds and they get planted. Yeah. And sometimes it might be 10, 15, 20, yeah. 30 times, yeah. but something will come back around. Yeah. And that's the beauty of our Catholic faith. Yeah. And that yeah. example is given in nature. Seeds can sit for 30, 40, 50 years in a desert with no rain. Let that rain happen and the desert grows mm. these beautiful oh, yeah. flowers and plants. Yeah. So right. nature itself speaks that. you know. And don't underestimate Jesus is our teacher. Consume his word every day. Don't read the Bible from cover to cover. Stop. Just take a paragraph and then ask the question, Lord, what do you want to teach me? If we just take the sentence, behold the Lamb of God, it takes us back to a story, story of Abraham and his son Isaac, and Isaac carried the wood on his shoulders, and Isaac was going to be the sacrifice. But what happened? God spared the son and said, God will provide the lamb. And then Abraham saw a ram, not a lamb, a ram in the bushes and sacrificed it instead of his son, prefiguring what Jesus was going to do. Why? Because Jesus is the true lamb of God that God promised back in the Old Testament to Abraham that he provide. What lamb is that? The lamb, the sin offering, because Jesus Christ became the sin offering to make right all humanity to himself. So for me, when we start to dig into it and go deep, it's like, I get it. There's the story in the Old Testament. Here it is now in John saying who the Lamb of God is. And then never, ever, ever go without a grateful heart for the price Jesus Christ paid for each and every one of us. Have a great day and God bless. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at 
stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.